the heartbeat of the cards. What is up, everybody? Welcome to MTG Untapped. I am your host. I am the Micah, and join me as always. He is Costa. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Just making heartbeat noises with uh, cards. <laughs> now we're, we're grasping at straws a little bit with our little intro bits now. Uh, but you know what? We like to have fun with it. Uh, YOLO. So, well, I guess I didn't say the episode. This is episode 42. I just got so giddy that I didn't have to think of something to say for the intro. <laughs> All right, so, let's get right into it. Really we're going to phase in. Man. Episode 42. We're going to phase in talking about everyone's favorite topic, sports. Specifically, football. And I just want to take a moment to sing the praises of the the real GOAT, uh, the, the true <laughs> bet greatest of all time. Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush. <laughs> <laughs> Went into Minnesota. Everyone's like, Dak seems like he's going to play. Oh, Dak, he's a big, tough guy. He's Dak's going to play. And then everyone's like, like, an hour or two before kickoff, Dak's not going to play. And Cooper Rush is like, put me in coach. Coach is like, well, duh, you're a backup quarterback. Of course you're going in. Dak can't play. And so uh, he went in. He had Greg Zerline miss a field goal first drive. I remember texting my brother Jeremy right when that happened. Like, oh, we're guessing we're losing this game. You know what happened? Rush magic. It's not the same. It doesn't have the same effect as Fitz magic, but Ryan Fitzpatrick wishes he was Cooper Rush. Or just saying Brady's name, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> how bad does your team have to be for the Cowboys to be so confident that we're just gonna throw in some backup quarterback and pretend like this guy was, you know, our A list all along? And well, I think first thing is uh, it's the NFL and not college football, so you can afford a loss does not cripple your season. Yeah, fair. Uh, but also, um, everyone has a lot of faith in. My man, Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator. Uh, if me and my brother have anything to say about it, he should be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But because Mike McCarthy's so good at being a puppet. Why would you I know. want to ruin that? The one who's actually driving the bus is Kellen Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and somehow Jerry is also driving that bus. I think, I don't know. I think Jerry's not driving it off a cliff it's this season. Mm. He's he's like he's like he's like his little boy put a hand on the wheel. That so might actually make it more dangerous. <laughs> how did that work with Henry Ford? Did he go out graceful gracefully before his son took over, and then no Ferrari idea. versus Ford came out in the movie theaters? Is that, is that how that went? Is that the one with Thor in it? Uh, no, that's a different one. No, Ford versus Ferrari is uh it has Christian Bale and uh, Matt Damon in there. And it's about how do you know? Have you ever seen the movie? No. Or it's actually it's actually really good. I really enjoyed it. Joanna is that Parts in the Talladega Nights universe? Uh, no, it is not. It is oh. it's a real it's a real thing actually. <laughs> so basically, uh, Ford wasn't doing great after I don't know whatever time period they're in, and uh, so they want to acquire or uh, one of the guys. I like his name too. I'm forgetting his name right now. It's like Capicola, not the meat or whatever. <laughs> Supersetto or no, but anyways, he goes with this idea to buy Ferrari and Ferrari just uses it to get another deal with whoever it was at the time. And uh, so then there's this battle between Ford and Ferrari and it's all about winning the Le Mans. And it's really good. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. If you like any kind of racing stuff. So if you ain't first or last, can't have two number ones. <laughs> that makes eleven. Yeah, w- without the Ricky Bobby comedy, it, uh, it, if you're looking for that, that's not in this movie. So I like Mario Kart. That's racing. Um, still don't know if they have a legit movie about that, but yeah, no. That's just because they, they're making the new Mario movie with like Chris Pratt and Anya Taylor Joy, and like Seth Rogen. Is that like getting Donkey some Kong. heat or something? Because Chris Pratt's Mario. So everyone's going to give everything heat nowadays. Well, I guess but, that's uh, true. Would you say yeah. uh, misery sells or. Yeah. Something like that. But either way, I, the sequel to that should be a, a movie based around like Mario Kart. That would yeah. be amazing. Oh, like that. Like, like, like they like, do it like, like one of the, like one of your fancy race movies. And, um, but 
it's Mario and Mario Kart. That'd be great. <laughs> Do you ever watch College Humor? Um, you made up that word. No, no, no. College Humor, like the YouTube oh, no. channel. Okay. I don't know why I heard that all as one word, and I was like, uh, no, I do not watch that. No, so there's, there's this one where it's like a spoof on Dora the Explorer, and it looks like all serious or whatever. It's like a comment. It's like it's a spoof, right? But it's like, oi, Miss Amigos or whatever, just like shooting people and blowing their heads off. Can you see Swiper? And it's like <laughs> just super stupid. But anyways, that's that was a good phasing. <laughs> I was just it's a heck of a phasing. So moving on to the untapped step, where we talk about magic that we played over the past week. And last week, I mentioned the glory of achieving mythic rank, how it helped me evolve as a magic player, change the way that I think about cards and deck building and all that. I can't what? get out of platinum four now. Oh, I didn't make it. Oh well. <laughs> so it's been a week. Uh, everything rotated Sunday afternoon. Uh, recording on thursday and i am like early platinum tier three i just keep losing i just think it's so amusing because like at like top of diamond everyone's just everyone's just trying to get to mythic you know so everyone's like playing so everything's it's so optimized the amount of decks you see shrink like you see like mono white i'd see werewolves see a couple controllers but that was pretty much it and then now I'm like back in platinum and I'm losing the mill list because <laughs> I got in that zone. The I tried playing just the same mono white list that I got to mythic with. And uh, even though I got to from like tier diamond tier one, the mythic from that playing that specific list. And now it's not optimized for platinum and I'm just getting trading wins back and forth. <laughs> I find that amusing. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I kind of have this theory that, so since mono white was the best deck last season people just played it out because like they're already grinding with the deck and so when the new season changes like mono white might end up on the top of that ladder or rankings or whatever but um people right now are trying to like either hedge against it or just play something different or whatever i've been running i don't think it's it's at your list which i would ask you for it but um I also just pulled a, a list off of goldfish and um i mean i think i was at silver i'm at platinum but i haven't played that much oh i'm so miffed i was so close to getting <laughs> freaking mythic and i just didn't have enough time oh I'm trying to see how i ah whatever i was trying to look at the metagame but i'm not gonna find there right now it's not super important so, um, I didn't have anything really notable, no, no fun, like in-game stories. It's been relatively boring, although I'm really excited for the Crimson Vow to get in here and shake things up. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that happens. Um, so far, which we'll get into later, I'm not, uh, particularly enthusiastic right now about this, um, I mean, I was definitely, I don't like, so I play Halo because Halo's story and while it's like devolved into something kind of weird, I still enjoy the storyline enough. This is where I was like super hyped with this Innistrad series. And right now, I don't know. They just haven't like appeased to like the, the fanboy in me. Um, I definitely was hoping for a little bit more. I think I'm also just kind of sad that we're not going to get Snapcaster Mage. It's probably like too busted for this set, but still, like you know, just just I get it. They gave us Thalia, but um, I was about to say it's like, is it too busted? Or yeah, they gave us Thalia, but I think Thalia. I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of wavering between like how big a mistake like Thalia is going to be, but I mean, time will tell. It could be, uh, but just imagine people snap casting their hours epiphanies. Oh, Twitter would be so fun at that point. <laughs> I actually want the the new one just to like so you uh the cleave one Alchemist greeting <laughs> yeah just like you have an all runs and then you snap caster like the other ones in your yards tomorrow whatever anyways um yeah as for me uh, like I just said I haven't been able to play much magic I want to we played commander last night that was fun finally got Jason on to play some commander and. Alaro just stupidly just sits there and gains me. Actually, I really that's what I really like about the deck though, because I'm not trying to do anything busted. I just want to. It allows me to play 
stupid things like big dumb useless cards because i have all this life so and, and then yes. you top deck either flex reservoir and start giggling <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was pretty hilarious because i just felt like darth vader actually not darth vader uh commander tarkin just like grand moth tarkin i just loved it just <laughs> and there goes jason <laughs> it's so funny because it's like i have so much life i can do this twice basically but then was it you no josh god josh's almanac that just triple damage shenanigans is stupid i cast war storm surge i'm gonna cast fiery emancipation i'm gonna mike i'm gonna second elemental to goblin bombardment with omnath on the battlefield and dome you for 12 because um, i don't like you <laughs> i am i played my meme mono white deck in that game and i was like hey josh you want to go on a secret rendezvous a card that everyone's like oh this card sucks i was like yeah i don't care this is a meme white deck like Josh, we're friends. Let's draw cards, bud. And then late, like two turns later, he's like, I don't like you. <laughs> See, that's why that card is bad. Because even when you're going to uh, give your opponent three cards, it doesn't stop the hatred that's boiling in their blood. Um, which is also kind of funny because he could have like done some crazy stuff. Uh, and instead, like he, he kills your magistrate, which didn't matter because we missed the trigger there. Or, like like he was able to cast on one after it, even though he wasn't supposed to. It's like, oh, kill us even mind sensor, then go fetch or whatever. It was just funny. <laughs> it's like, or, or, or you can just kill me and yeah. all my creatures go away. <laughs> to be fair, he was really tired. So he was just trying to have fun. Well, all right. I think that'll do it for the untapped step. And that actually just got me thinking, did we actually talk about Alchemist Gambit last week? I don't think we did. Mm. I don't think we talked about it. Probably not. No, because the one we talked about was the demonic tutor one. Yep. Uh, so I guess that will be a really good segue into this week's main topic is, which is we're talking about more Crimson Vow spoilers and we have now gotten well over 200 of the 277 ish cards. Uh, we are not sure. Do basics count into that? I thought they did, but Costa doesn't think they are. So either way, we got to be really stupid, honestly, but you know, that's, that's really lazily saying, yeah, here's some cards. Like, sure, you had to commission art, but it's not a new card. It, every, we always get basics. So, but. so, but either way, we've gotten pretty much all the mythics. We've gotten 19 mythics. We've gotten 64 rares. So we've got most of the meaty cards, as well as a lot of the uncommons. So for the purposes of those, like us talking about the new cards, new spoilers, how they'll affect formats are we excited for them in like commander or standard etc we can get most of that out of the way this episode because next week is going to be our limited primer episode featuring the return of tree and samson hopefully crush your fingers we don't know something might come up we don't know and costa my friend you will be our judge for the limited primer episode next week it is i the supreme judge i had to chop off samson's head and take the throne i could have just taken the throne off of his head or the crown but i just decapitated him it was fine i didn't know that rip samson either way so that's next week so that's gonna be more of our limited commons and uncommons talk this one's just gonna be about cards that excite us cards we think are gonna be gonna be good excited and all those other fun words that yeah okay alchemist grit gambit (laughs) (laughs) card we missed last week uh, one red red for a rare sorcery it says take an extra turn after this one during that turn damage can't be prevented open brackets at the beginning of that turn's end step you lose the game close brackets exile alchemist greeting or g- game i keep saying greeting is that a different card um either way and then also has cleave for four blue blue red so refresher on cleave if you cast for its cleave cost you have to ignore the bracketed text so in this case, if you cast for its cleave cost, which is seven mana, you just get to take an extra turn. Exile Alchemist Gambit. Um, a lot of people really th- are wondering how cleave got... The, 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 the way the mechanic works is really good in theory. It's like a different form of kicker, basically. Um, but the way it's just executed, everyone's just like memeing on it because it looks so clunky. Like, all right, how did this specific formatting make its way out of R&D. I just don't know how you how else you would template this mechanic. I just think it's 
I'm very passive. I just think it's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, and by the way, uh, don't worry. Samson's, I brought him back with him burial rights. So I got one more use. And then if the next person I kill they're after that, then they're just screwed. But anyways, I'll flashback dread return. Sacrifice the three of y'all. Oh, next level. <laughs> but anyways, I don't know. I, I think it's fine. And the thing is, I guess with the other card, right? Like it was in the middle of the text or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's very easy for me to read the things that are not in text and make a full sentence. So, and it not bother me. Yeah, I can understand it, but I also understand why everyone else thinks it's like super clunky and weird and formatted kind of poorly. But either way, what do you think about Alchemist Gambit? I think it's like kind of card you'll see probably like two of in like the decks that already play Auron's Epiphany. Ban it, ban it. Oh, that's all I hear. Ban it now. I don't. I mean, I think it's gonna be strong, but I don't think. I don't know. I at this point, and I know the part of the podcast is just to make proclamations and stick with them, and we can be outlandish and crazy. Uh, but I don't know. I just think like if you win off of the extra turn off of this, that's fine. I mean, is I'm more worried about like I think like kind of going back to like Auron's Epiphany. It's not like every deck is running it. I know a lot of decks are. I know a lot of decks can use it. But at the end of the day, are they really winning, though? That's what I want to get down to. And so I think, like, with Alchemist Gambit, like, you really have to jump through some hoops here. You're in red with blue, which works great with the dragon deck, right? But, I mean, with other decks, it's just not going to do much. At least that's my opinion. And if it does do something... I don't think it's going to be busted. I think it's just going to be one of those things where it's like, here's an extra, extra turn spell in your hand. And there you go. So. I feel like it's going to be that cat. It's like after Alarin's epiphany kind of thing. Cause you obviously run hours epiphany over it. If you're just going to run like a play set, I think, but a lot of time when I lose the hours epiphany, it's like, all right, they either like play or copy it, make birds drop a gold span dragon, and hit me three times. Two times, whatever, and I'm just dead. I love doing that on the side. But all kinds of like, even if they don't like, they might not even need to run the copy spell anymore. Just run like two of these, play hours of make two birds hit you with like gold span dragon, go to your next turn, gold span and two birds, maybe something else hit you, cast this for like three mana, maybe deploy another threat and then swing in again. So, yeah, and I think, I think, there's, I think there's an obvious deck it goes into, which is like the is it dragon slash. Is it control that wants to play hours in Epiphany? Mm. But outside of that, I think you're right. It's just like, whatever. And I think it's the thing that I keep uh, keep forgetting to touch on. That's the other reason why, really, just what separates all runs Epiphany from everything else, the birds. Like, this doesn't create birds. This doesn't add any extra damage. So it's not... It's not doing the same thing as all runs Epiphany. Like, the reason why that card's so good is because, like you just said, you <laughs> gold span for four, take an extra turn, gold span bird bird now you're at 10 damage and then do it again you know what i mean like it's just that's why that card is um so great or because it's making the birds so i think this will be fine this will be fine i agree and so where do you want to go from there are there any like specific card you were really excited to talk about or a card that you were very very disappointed with it once you saw it where do you want to go? So I guess we'll talk. Did we talk about the Dreadfast Demon last time? I don't think so, right? The five mana. So it's a five black block for a six, six demon with flying. I do not believe we have. I'll go ahead and finish that. At the beginning of your end step, sacrifice a non-demon creature. If you do, create a token that's a copy of Dreadfast, uh, Dreadfeast Demon. I think this card is really cool as like a top end thing. I don't know how powerful it's going to be in standard, but I mean, there was already some blue black decks that were like decay manufacturers. And so this is like a top end for a um, budget deck, I think is really cool. And, you know, we don't really talk about that that much, but I would just like to say that budget decks are like a real thing, especially in arena. Obviously price isn't really drive that it's more about the the wild cards you have um so i would like to see you know this card at least be somewhat relevant in standard and i think it can be i mean it's a pretty high cost to pay but i mean when you're turning decayed zombies into <laughs> uh huge demons i think that's just sick honestly um i know it's probably not on the top of your thing but 
don't know. I like this card. Yeah, it seems like a, a fun EDH card to me. Um, maybe if we got like a reanimator style deck sometime in the future. But uh, I just don't see where it would go immediately. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have like a home right now. That's for sure. It was actually a card I wanted to get your opinion on. Mm-hmm. And that was, oh, how do you say this word? Dread Fug? Fugway? <laughs> Uh, single black mana for an uncommon sorcery it has cleave for two and a black. And it says target player reveals their hand. You may choose a non-land card from it with mana value two or less. Uh, mana value two or less is in brackets. It says that player discards a card. So it's like Inquisition of Kozilek except it hits two or less instead of three or less. Or you can cast it for three mana and hit anything. And hand attack is very popular in like formats like Modern and Legacy. Basically where the good ones are. I like, I see people run duress in the current standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this seems like it might just be a nice fill in for like the thought sees inquisition uh, style thing for like control decks. If it really did hit anything, I would edge it up more. And that's kind of what's funny about this cleave mechanic on this one. You could have put non-land in brackets and really make this card actually good i think as it stands i think that like two cmc is kind of the difference at least for standard and again my standard um play isn't as you know high as yours but i just don't really see this card like outside of like turn two really being a thing and so if you're paying three mana for a thought style effects I don't think you're playing this on curve actually for the, th- the cleave clause to be quite honest. Um, so I don't think it's going to be much. I could totally be wrong, but I just, yeah, that, that two CMC is kind of a big deal. And like I said, not like it, not being able to hit lands is kind of annoying. I feel like most of the other ones can't hit like thoughts. can't hit lands. No, I know that's no, it can't, but it can hit anything though on turn one. And this is like, you're paying like you can hit only two under and then like i said like if, if the cleave cost was able to upgrade it to hit anything i think that'd just be great but the cleave does hit anyway. i'm confused oh i mean you want to you want to discard lands i got your mind yeah yeah, yeah. I, I want to be I yeah i want to be able to get something for paying for three mana to to drop a card hurt yeah this dollar card isn't really my thing but i realized like that style of effect is very 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 popular Hmm. So that's what I want to get your opinion on. Modern is going to like it, I think. I think modern will, but I think modern is really going to use it just for the one mana thing. I, like when you when you're thinking about it in a vacuum, it's like. Or don't they just cast Inquisition of Kozilek instead? Yeah, like if you, but I'm saying like if you really wanted to like go up on this style effect, I don't think you would. But I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. I, if you wanted to go up on the style effect for any reason, if there's a deck of modern that we haven't thought about that that can take advantage of this, like this just like the 12 copy right so well i haven't thought of any decks of modern to be honest so. okay. <laughs> um the other one i wanted to bring up was the one you um showed us it was like the day of spoiled whatever that was uh the uvenwald oddity so it's a uh, two green green for a four four uh trample haste beast um and then for five green green you transform it. And on the back side, it's an 8-8 trample haste. And other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and have trample and haste. Uh, I actually thought this card at rare was kind of hilarious because I feel like in sets prior, um, this would have been a mythic, I think. Like, just for the fact that's a 4-4 trample haste. And so I just thought it was very interesting that this is, it feels like a downgrade, even though it's never been printed before. Um I haven't played many mono green decks. Do you know, are they hurting for a four drop slot or? I think because the, the green decks meant more mid range and like beat down. Cause like once it, cause like got chariot and chariot synergized more with like Ren and seven. Cause they didn't even copy the tree folk tokens, etc. And so I think in like mono green mid range, you might not even like play this, but if you want to go like mono green beat down, like there's a card we can talk about here after this probably. Mm-hmm. And then along with like werewolf and there's like a bunch of other like strong like two and three drops 
and then you like curve top with this where you're just straight up all right we're just trying to kill you as fast as possible as opposed to like maybe outvalue you late game hmm. let's get easy going that and if you ever like flood and get that to transform it then you're just gonna win <laughs> yeah yeah that's what that's what i liked about the card was like it does have late 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 game potential and mid potential which is kind of nice in a green deck yeah turning that thing into an 80 is sick honestly now whether it'll live is you know remains to be seen but i mean that's like always the issue with all these cards um yeah so like whenever you brought this card back up i was wondering it's like oh is this would this replace the seeker's chariot as like the premier four drop in those green decks but honestly i just think they're so different and like the style of deck they want to be yeah this chariot it just, you just get so much value out of it because if you kill a chariot like okay i still got these two tokens if you kill a token it's like all right i still have this chariot mm-hmm. and then you make other tokens and you copy those tokens and then you're just going to outvalue your opponent or this one's like haha boom i kill you dead right uh it's more i'd probably play more like a questing beast that similar st- uh, fashion of card and who didn't love questing beast um everyone <laughs> yeah i mean i liked it yeah. i liked it but i also played it so i liked it too uh all right so i wanted to touch like on a group of cards because mm-hmm. we mentioned last week that uh, we what was that our scorpion friend our zombie scorpion yeah dredge scorpion or something like mm-hmm. that and we were like all right this could this will help out like zombie tribal mm-hmm. we got a lot more toys for zombie tribal so i think the big one is graph reaver which is one to black for a three three zombie warrior at rare has exploit and when it exploits a creature destroy target planeswalker then at the beginning of your upkeep it deals one damage to you so one damage to you is like it seems like a drawback but when you're an aggro deck uh that's like your life is negligible to you um if they have i can't i can't in my like think of a planeswalker but you're playing this in a deck where you have a bunch of decayed zombie tokens so if you if your opponent drops a planeswalker on you haha that's funny but just another two drop because they're like we're like champion of the parish occurring that into this seems very strong mm-hmm. you also have like shambling gas that you might run just because it's a zombie and like i don't know running running six isn't in this format so you want to kill like a two drop planeswalker but um i i think it's really good in that spot in the curve because it needed more two drops i think and I'm probably forgetting some one drops, but either way, uh, this is a really, really strong zombie. That if zombie tribal is going to be a legit standard deck, cards like this will be why. And then the other one was like Headless Rider, which is two and a black for a three one zombie at rare. Whenever it or another zombie you control dies, you make a two two black zombie creature token. So, kind of like when uh, Annex came out in Theros. It annoyed everyone. It's like, all right, I'm going to wipe the board. Like, okay, now I have five one ones. Right. And now it's like, all right, I have this. All right, I cast Doom Scar. Okay, now I have. And two twos are a lot bigger than one ones. So it's like, all right, now I have four two twos. Can you take that eight damage? More than likely not. And they can block. <laughs> and, and and it's because I got kind of annoyed with Wizards because they started templating cards a lot where it wasn't it or another. It was just whenever another. Uh, like, the berserker thing from Caldheim that cares about elves and berserkers dying so you can draw cards right. but it doesn't trigger on itself right so like the fact that this is just a three man three one that dies into a two two that's fine yeah uh, we were talking about this a little bit before cast but you know triggered once per turn is kind of like the thing i think they were in like that realm of figuring out what is breakable and unbreakable and they realized okay the card needs to replace itself so instead non-token is like the was probably like the x factor of how it broke cards so because like if this had like whenever another creature you control dies <laughs> it would just be sick it'd be stronger right so um they're always kind of playing with like that middle ground or trying to find the middle ground of like making this powerful but not making it so powerful that it it's like broken um but sorry you were saying something no, I'm just looking up other like we have like white. Oh, and then there's the one mana two one from AFR. Um that cares about dungeons, but you don't care about that in standard. No. Uh so yeah, there's a lot of pieces for a zombie deck that uh 
I'm really excited for. I, I crafted I mean, most of the old ones, so I'm looking forward to it. I have a play set of EA tainted adversaries that I've been wanting to use, so I'm like, yeah, give me more, give me more zombies. I'll just go to town. Um, speaking of zombies, uh, did Henry send you the patchwork crawler combo, or did you see it somewhere? I did not. So patchwork crawler is a one in a blue for a one two zombie horror um it has an activated ability two in a blue exile target creature card from your graveyard and put a one one counter on patchwork crawler and then patchwork crawler has all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with it so the thing he showed me was putting uh asmodeus or whatever from oh yeah yeah afr and drawing seven mm-hmm. cards i was like I like that. That's actually pretty awesome. So you can like, and actually it's kind of funny because I was wondering how like great uh, otherworldly gaze was going to be. That card actually enables some cool stuff. And this is one of them. You get to like turn one, do whatever, turn two at a step of your opponent's turn. Otherworldly gaze, maybe fine. Uh, Asmodeus. And then like, turn three get this now it's under it now granted there's a, there's a lot of things that have to work not to mention that it requires triple black and on turn three you're not going to draw seven cards but the point is like you can get to a point in the game where like maybe you're like on turn five or six right and you've emptied out your hand you put this down right on turn six and then if you have like the right fixing you draw seven cards and refill your hand like that seems pretty nice not to mention that we got the the exploit zombie that I really like from last week, the three, three flyer that ETB exploits um, to counter. counter. Yeah. That just seems great, honestly. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about zombies for sure. I'm glad it seems like they put a decent amount of support more than the vampire. I mean, like the vampires are like everywhere, but I'm just not, I'm not super thrilled with them. I mean, I will say I do like the Soren. Um, I guess I should go ahead since I just said it. Bring well, we already talked about Soren. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I said Soren, but I meant uh, Edgar. Excuse me. Okay. So Edgar, um, Charmed Groom, two white black for a 4-4 vampire noble legendary creature. Other vampires you control get plus one, plus one. Um, and then when the Edgar dies, return to the battlefield, transform under its owner's control. Um, on the back side, it's a legendary artifact at the beginning of your upkeep. Create a 1 1 white and black vampire creature token with lifelink and put a bloodline counter on Edgar Markov's coffin. Mm-hmm. If there are three or more bloodline counters on it, remove those counters and transform it. Um, you were alluding to something earlier about like having this like mega engine thing. Did you want to expand upon that? Yeah, it's like so the downside of like having like legendary lords is you can't have multiple of them. But with this Edgar, it's like, are you cast one? Then if you cast another one, legend roll happens. So you have to sacrifice one, which means it dies, which means it flips. So then you get the backside. You make one, 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 one. And then it transforms back. And then you have to sack again because legend roll. Guess what? And then it just flips. So you can constantly have two of them going and pumping out one, ones and a lord. So it's basically not even creating ones. At that point, you're creating two twos. And then, um, but then like if they kill the, Edgar at that point, then you can't have two legendary artifacts, and the one of them will go to the graveyard and doesn't flip back. But either way, you have like an engine going, making a bunch of one ones and two uh two twos, etc. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. But the problem with that is that the vampire decks that are trying to be vampire decks in standard are usually just red black. And I'm wondering now that we have the complete set of the lands, whether or not uh you just run the the white black and then the white red lands to uh, just splash this in vampires but honestly like at four mana it almost seems like it's be more of like a mid-range style game plan as opposed to like aggro try and kill them as fast as you can because at that point you're just all right i'm gonna get this edgar engine go-. or it's just like kind of like a high but then at that point you're not really focused like, you're like i'm gonna try and kill you fast but if i don't kill you fast all right i have this edgar game plan but then I don't know, but I'm I'm really intrigued to see. I think Parts it's uh, I think it's good again for another casual competitive deck, like not competitive but casually. It'll it'll get some good wins for you on the ladder. Um, so I like I like being able to splash there. Um, 
And notice they didn't uh, release a Dracula card for him yet. I'm kind of hoping they do. I think they will. They have to, actually, because that would not make any sense. Yeah, that'd be foolish not to. And I guess we should talk about the card that I mentioned but didn't actually talk about, which was another green card, which was Ascendant Pack Leader. I really like the word Pack Leader, apparently, which is a single green mana for a 2-1 wolf at rare. It ETBs the plus one, plus one counter on it. If you control a permanent with mana value 4 or greater, and whenever you cast a spell with mana value 4 or greater, put a plus one, plus one counter on Ascendant Pack Leader. Uh, this card's important. If there's a mono green beatdown deck, this card's probably a part of it. But also, a lot of the complaints about the current werewolf builds is that they don't have strong one-drops. And this is a strong one-drop for that deck. And uh, I don't know how much the mana value 4 or greater. First time I read it, I thought it was power 4 or greater, in which case this card seemed pretty bananas. But um, even just at 1 mana 2 one that has tribal synergies is going to be perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean... I heard Seth talking about that, like needing a, a good one drop. And so, I mean, it's filler, but it's a two one that has like some upside to it. Um, again, just kind of, kind of disappointed on the support for werewolves and vampires since these sets were about werewolves and vampires and it's like zombies got like everything and spirits like we didn't really have any spirit support either it's super weird i don't know i'll I think that's why i'm really disappointed about the set so i'm just hoping that the draft format is really fun because right now i'm just like eh. we still have a few cards left coasted don't lose hope uh <laughs> <Try not to. laughs> all right there's a couple cards i wanted to talk uh because i find it funny how like, they're kind of similar so the first up is a rare change of fortune three and a red for a sorcery discard your hand then draw a card for each card you've discarded this turn. And the other card is an uncommon, Into the Night. Three and a red for a sorcery. It becomes night. Discard any number of cards, then draw that many plus one. And I find this kind of amusing. Like In terms of like you're drafting, you're like, okay, this uh, Into the Night is just kind of better. Because it replaces itself. It's not card negative. Or if you cast this without... Or if you cast... Uh, change of fortune without having discarded any cards this card negative however change of fortune just seems like it's going to be an edh card that goes into like cycling or like madness or anything something like that yeah that that is really i didn't realize that they had two of these kinds of cards cool it reminded me of Caldheim when we had the, like the thing that like there was the spell that just made like two of the like dwarf berserkers and there's one that like made them and then allows you to like equip or pilot vehicles or something. And I was like, all right, but like the common one with Fortel is just better than this rare. <laughs> and it's kind of a similar situation in my mind. So lazy. Oh, I don't like that. I hate when they make cards just to make cards sometimes. Like, fine, make this set shorter and don't give us trash. I don't know. That's I didn't realize that was in there. All right, let's talk about a really good card, though. Uh, that's Blood Vile Purveyor. This card is also a subject of a bit of controversy. Two black black for a rare vampire, 5-6, as Flying and Trample. So a four-mana 5-6 Flying and Trample. When an opponent casts a spell, that player makes a blood token. And whenever Blood Vile Purveyor attacks, it gets plus one, plus O oh for each blood token defending player controls. So... People are saying the way this card is specifically worded, it does not say until end of turn. So does it or does it not lose a plus one plus O after combat? Does that become a static buff? And every time it attacks, the buff gets bigger and bigger. That would be hellaciously sick since it's already a five, six. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm also another thing is someone, mentioned it's like all right blood tokens uh they just give all your cards cycling and i know that's basically it's exactly the same thing as saying they allow you to rummage however it just makes it sound infinitely better in my mind so that's just one thing i want to throw out there it's like saying it gives all your cards cycling okay cool that makes them a lot better um mentally not in practice uh but anyway so when i first read this card i didn't read it like that i was like okay whenever it attacks it gets plus one plus one and then whenever it's not attacking then it goes away but a lot of 
uh, magic player smarter than me said no because it doesn't say into end of turn and it's something that happens to it that it just keeps the buff so how does it read to you i mean it keeps the buff i mean i don't see it on a turn and it kind of make it can make sense the design i think they as far as like you're giving your opponent blood tokens which i don't know how big of a disadvantage that is to you and it's already a five six. I mean, really, it was a process. Pro- really, it was probably supposed to say until on a turn, but <laughs> that's just filthy. Yep. I mean, that's just uh, filthy. I just I I hadn't seen this before. This mm-hmm. is a testament to the amount of um, preparation we do. But I uh, on Mark Rosewater tweeted on November second <laughs> that uh, it goes only goes until on a turn. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So they say basically said, all right, the card's been errated since <laughs> uh, before it even came out. Wonderful. Wunderbar. Card seems cool. If it if there's like a, I don't know how many four drops you want to run in a standard deck, but if there's like a more mid range vampire deck or just like Orzov maybe. Mm-hmm. Seems good. Yeah. This thing, this thing's a house and limited. Yeah, it is really strong. Did we talk about mana form? How kite was even spoiled yet? Last week. I do not believe we've. No, I do not believe we have Costa. That one's really good. And so that's a two red red for a four four dragon with flying. Whenever you cast a non creature spell, create an XX dragon illusion creature token with flying and haste, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Exile the token at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah. Card sweet. Um it's I like insane. Yeah, I like I like effects that make tokens off of casting non creature spells. And the cool thing is this happens at the end of your next turn or sorry the beginning of the next end step so like if you do it on your opponent's turn then you get to like stock up basically dragons and then just like kill them <laughs> i think this card is really strong like really really strong we uh, finally have a win condition for Tre- treasure storm like we had win conditions basically because you're fearing a giant storm killing artist at their face yeah but this is an infinitely cooler way of killing them where you just you're popping off with treasures and stuff, and then you're making oh I'll make a three three here, make a four four there, make a two two here, make a three three there, and then eventually it's like okay, I have an, I have like twenty four flying haste power on board. Yeah, boom, you're dead. I'm definitely gonna craft this for my dad's account um, and make it a casual deck. Like I have one on there that's already a Prismari deck, and it has like one gold span, one two thermal alchemists. Like it just has like all these like based off of. Uh, his card collection um which is kind of funny because i can get him to like diamond <laughs> every season if i play it enough or whatever but i think it's because of arena and the way it like pairs you against people but this will definitely be crafted in, in there for him because like that card's super strong stupid strong and i if someone plays it against you in edh you should just probably kill it immediately yeah for sure that card yeah exactly uh, I want to go on to this card that a lot of people are calling an honorary dragon, and that's Volatile Arsonist. Three red red for a human werewolf 4-4 at Mythic as Menace and Haste. And whenever it attacks, it deals one damage to each of up to one target creature, up to one target player, or up to one target planeswalker. And then it flips, because that's Dave Young, that's a werewolf. And it's a 5-5 Menace with Haste, and it deals two damage to each of up to one target creature, player, and or planeswalker. Uh, people say honorary dragon because it's a five mana four four with haste and invasion. Yeah, I could it's see a, that. <laughs> it's probably it's probably a better curve topper in werewolves than Tovalar's Huntsmaster, which is a six drop. And it just yeah. more immediately kills them. I was gonna say I think like thematically, like hasting in there seems pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good one. Josh is definitely gonna love that card too for his new werewolves deck that we've been trying to fashion together for him. Um, I guess we'll just go ahead and I don't know if I want to go through all the cards, but so they have a cycle of cemetery creatures. So we want to call them. So they're all mythics. Um, the one in particular that I wanted to touch on, and I'm sure you'll talk about another one, um, but I like cemetery prowler. So that's one green, green for a three, four vigilant wolf. Um, and whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, exile a card from the graveyard, and then you can, in spells you cast, cost one less. 
to cast for each card type they share with the cards exile from cemetery prowler so i think it's just like a really good like filler we have a lot of cards that like three drop in green though so i don't know how great this will be but at the very least i think a good sideboard card especially if graveyard type strategies permeate through standard or continue to do that um did you want to just read off uh gatekeeper blah, 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 blah. Uh, my one thing is that for my concern about prowler is that the green adversary is in seeing play right now mm-hmm. yeah. i kind of think that one's better but yeah i think it's better like i said i think i think i think the sideboard is definitely more of its home that's true it really gets your uh if we have a dedicated graveyard deck i'm stalling for time trying to find this oh there it is uh so cemetery gatekeeper is one in a red for a two one vampire as coach said at mythic it has first strike etbs you exile a card from a graveyard and whenever a player plays a land or casts a spell if it shares a card type with the exiled card cemetery gatekeeper deals two damage to that player when i first saw this card i was like why is this a mythic because it kind of seems like harsh mentor-ish mm-hmm. immolation shaman-ish right um that kind of if we're dealing two damage whenever our opponent plays a land is hilarious. Although there's no fable passage, only people playing evolving wilds are people trying to make landfall decks happen still. Because Endicar has set that happen. Mm-hmm. Um so it seems nowhere near being worth a mythic and standard to me. However, the idea of your opponent cracking a fetch on turn one in modern. You cast this on your turn two, exile their fetch, and then they play another fetch. Deals two damage. The crack fetch take a damage. Get another land that gives them another damage. Wait, no, it plays a land, so that doesn't happen. This card sucks. Oh yeah, because they crack a fetch land just goes into play. It's not playing a land, right? So it doesn't deal another two damage. Well, then this card would it doesn't hose ramp either. This Dude, card sucks. This card divine gambit. Insane. This card would be insane if it did that. Yeah, that's. Ugh. I mean, it's kind of a good thing, but yeah, no, I'm kind of agreeing with you. There, there's a little part of me that's like, yeah, I don't know why this is a mythic, um, but uh, yeah, there's some there's some things on this for sure that can probably like would elevate it to mythic status. We just we're not like seeing it. All right, so youthful knight was a two mana two one first strike at common. Mm. This is a two mana two one first strike at mythic. So the entire exile card from a graveyard. And then situationally deal damage to them. I don't even think that ability on its own is as strong as like a harsh mentor, which is whenever they do this thing, they take two damage. I think I think it also needs to trigger an attack. I don't again, I don't like the templing of like this one. Like one has when it attacks and the other one doesn't, but they all have like when they ETB. But if it definitely like on attack triggered that, I think it'd be really strong. Like it would deserve its mythic for sure. I guess um, there's not too many other cards other than. Do you want to talk about Avabruck Caretaker? Sure, you can go for it. Okay, I'll do then. So this one, Micah called the Dream Trawler, possibly the Dream Trawler of the set. Um, four green, green for a four-four human werewolf with hexproof at the beginning of combat on your turn. Put two plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control, and it has daybound, so it has a backside on its nightbound side. It's a six six hexproof. Other permanents you control have hexproof, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, put two plus one plus one counters on creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this card is really strong. Um, I think. I don't know. I think at six mana though, I'm just like, uh, it's a little slow for standard. Is kind of like my yeah. issue with it. I think at five mana it might have been okay and at four mana this would have been busted so we don't want to go that way but i think at six mana it's just a touch too much but the art on this is really nice and josh will also want this card but anyways yeah uh in terms of it's just green by itself i think it's too slow mm-hmm. uh if you're just saying like all right uh it's like a kurt or like Sultai control or right, you can do other cooler things. But yeah, I don't see you'd have to be so far behind in a game of limited and have Cassis and not win that game. 
It's Luminarch Aspirin on steroids. So I just giggled when I read it. I was like, oh, I hope I never face this Unlimited because I'm just going to lose that game. Yeah, that's um, really although I now I think about Dream Trawler was a rare, so I don't know if it counts as the, the Dream Trawler of the format. Unless we count it as rare or mythic, that's like, okay, I'm losing this game of Limited now. Right. Ooh, I didn't realize this from last time, but so before they just had commons and uncommons right for the promo versions but now they have a rare promo version i'm pretty sure that's what that is dominating vampire has the promo treatment i like that um the other thing i was going to touch on too is uh kind of going back to the fang art they really i will say as far as the art is depicted with these frames they did a good job in catching like capturing like the sultriness of a of a vampire like some of this stuff is like very pr- provocative if you will um but it really fits thematically though i mean they did a good job with like um i don't know just the look and aesthetic um with these cards yeah i like the showcase uh i prefer um the werewolf treatment better though Mm-hmm. yeah minutes. yeah i mean i think i think i liked it a little bit better too but some of the cards really do stand out i guess what i didn't like like soren of the the soren the mirthless one the border didn't drop down on the side with the other ones it did so i think it's just like a symmetrical thing i don't like that um but yeah they're cool they're really cool actually um another new card i want to talk about a uh, path of peril one black black for a rare sorcery it has cleave for four white and a black this is destroy all creatures, open brackets, with mana value two or less, close brackets. Um, I feel like this card's probably going to see a bunch of planes because there's a bunch of like werewolves. There's lots of one and two drops now. Zombie has lots of one and two drops, especially lots of tokens. Uh, Mono white is a lot of one and two drops. So, and those are a lot of the prominent low to the ground decks. So, I could see this as just a three mana board wipe emergency if you have white in your deck that's why i kind of uh i the like splash color in the cleave class is kind of annoying to me but there was a orza uh, yeah there was an orzov control deck um in the beginning of the format so this could actually be really actually it's just really good because now you're inevitably going to turn this into a board wipe it does take a lot of mana um which is like kind of the problem sometimes when like blood in the snow or not but um yeah this is actually another pretty good card too uh another new card that i i just wanted to mention this because i heard a joke made about it and it made me laugh so hard so consuming tide two blue blue for a sorcery at rare it says each player chooses a non-land permanent they control and then return all non-land permits not chosen this way to their owner's hands so kind of like a blue divine reckoning. Uh, then you draw a card for each opponent who has more cards in their hand than you. It's a fine blue, uh, quote unquote, board wipe for uh, EDH probably. But the funny thing is, Costa, how far in advance do wizards start making these cards? I think it's like anywhere from year and a half to two and a half years, something like that. So around two and a half years ago, people were eating Tide Pods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. So Wizards decided to make a joke that the payoff would come two years later. I mean, their stuff does seem to drag a little bit, but that's that's funny. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Consuming Tide. Tide. Nice, nice. Ooh, did we talk about the Super Johnny's Pride Mate? Uh, no, we didn't. Vos dos abencados, Espirito Clarigo. That one, uh, no, yeah, Voice of the Blessed. Yeah, <laughs> white, white for a spirit cleric at rare. It's a 2 2. Every time you gain one or more life, put a 1 1 counter on Voice of the Blessed. As long as it has four or more counters, put plus one. Oh, wow. As long as it has four or more plus one plus one counters, it has flying and vigilance. And as long as it's 10 or more plus one plus one counters, it has indestructible. Uh, this is a card a lot of people have been asking for. And just another Johnny's Primate. This is Johnny's Primate on steroids. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. You know, I haven't done this in a while. I'm going to finish this real quick. So, toda vez que voce con har ponte de vida, 
Coleque un marcado plus one plus one en vos dos abancados. All right, we're just gonna stop there. All right. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, this card's cool. I like this one. I mean, I just made a Laro too, so it's like super slotted in there for sure. I was just gonna ask you that. I mean, that seems that seems that seems pretty sick. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Another new white card, Welcoming Vampire. Two and a white for a 2-3 vampire at rare has flying, and whenever one or more other creatures with power two or less enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn, which I am now convinced is Magic's or Watsy or whoever's new favorite line of text is this ability triggers only once each turn. They finally figured out that they can really balance a lot of cards by putting that line of text on some cards. As much as it might annoy some people, but yeah, um, yeah. I wish I wish Welcoming Vampire was like once per turn, but triggered for all the things entering like at once. Um, but it's cool. I mean, it's kind of funny that like they took Mentor of the Meek and said, "Oh, how can we make this a vampire?" And that's how they did it. So I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, another card that made me giggle: Holebreaker Horror, five blue blue for a Kraken Horror. It's a 7-8 at rare. As Flash, for some reason, this spell can't be countered. And whenever you cast a spell, choose up to one. Return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand. So remove it from the stack. And then return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. This card is so funny. <laughs> I think it's pretty sweet. Like, tempo play-wise, it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. because I, I was going to say, imagine if it didn't have Flash. <laughs> Uh, it would be okay. the most fair thing. It probably wouldn't see half as much plays that will, since it does have flash. I think this is a shoe in my Lear EDH deck that doesn't run any counter spells. However, with this in play, I can interact with the stack. And so that's why I think that is pretty amusing and funny. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. card made me giggle. It's probably my favorite card in the set. I just like the tempoing of it too, because like, they're going to go to their late gameplay and you're just going to bounce it, but you're going to have a seven, eight and they're not going to have anything to show for it. So that's pretty cool. Especially in like an EDH deck, like Lier, where it's like, you can just like play like your brainstorms, your like small little instant speed cantrips as like pseudo counter spells, unsummons, etc. Yeah. Nope. I agree. Any other cards we want to touch on with this? I think we've uh, kind of covered the main i guess the last one unless did you have one more or i think there's probably a couple more that we should probably just mention because one, one of them, them made a bunch necrodality was that one of them no uh, no that's not the one i was gonna i was gonna mention cultivator colossus all right hit it as a lot of people uh shaking in their boots uh four green green for a star star plant beast at mythic it has trample it's power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control and whenever it enters the battlefield you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped if you do draw a card and repeat this process. So this goes uh, infinite with ab- abundance. You just got to put all your lands into play. Yeah, that's really cool. I saw that little thing on, I think it was IG, someone, like they put like the two card combos. That's sick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a really, 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 really good uh, EDH card. Mm-hmm. And then you want to talk about Necro Duality? Yeah, I just wanted to say I like it it's a three and a blue for an enchantment excuse me uh whenever a non-token zombie enters the battlefield under your control create a token that's a copy of that creature so uh as you pointed out earlier i was like oh this is lajara whatever um but it's a little bit better because it's on etb so uh you can i mean blinking is not really a thing in zombies but recurring is so being able to do those kind of shenanigans is really tight um and this will be slotting into my new zombie deck so yeah there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of cards to add in i mean cultivator classes will go into almanath probably and then have to put abundance now so yeah anyways um they always keep finding things to make us buy or uh, a couple more things uh we've gotten a brave reprint which that's useful. That common <laughs> that's pretty yeah. sweet uh We'll probably talk about that next week. Uh, yep. And there was another new red card. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I'm struggling, Costa. Is it a rare? No, it's a uh, common. Which the reckless? I believe it's called Reckless Impulse. One in a red for a sorcery. And you'll top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You can 
play those cards. So light up the stage, but it costs one red all the time. Uh, most of the time, it's just two mana draw to. Uh, effects just pretty good. Uh, I am not entirely sure that red got enough tools for mono red to be a thing over like mono white or mono green. So I don't know if my prediction of mono red being a thing after this set release is going to come to fruition. But if there's ever going to be a mono red list, I think that reckless impulse is going to be a a part of it. I mean, it's a great card. I mean, flat stage was great for reasons. I don't imagine this card um, having any problems making red worthy. Oh, and did you see Faithbound Judge? The card's funny. Mm-mm. Which one is that one? It's the one white white for a spirit soldier 4-4 four, four at Mythic as Defender Flying and Vigilance. So three mana 4-4 four, four, Defender Flying Vigilance. Begin of your upkeep, if it has two or fewer judgment counters on it, put a judgment counter on it. And as long as it has three or more judgment counters on it, it can attack as though it didn't have defender. Okay. Say template in a way so it just doesn't keep getting them uselessly. Right. Like what's that that enchantment that makes angels? But either way, it has so once it sits on the battlefield for three turns, it can now attack as a four-four flying vigilance. Um and as disturbed for five white white becomes sinner's judgment which is a curse so you enchant player at the beginning of your upkeep put a judgment counter on sinner's judgment then if there are three or more judgment counters on it enchanted player loses the game uh Yikes. so it's going to be put into any graveyard from anywhere and exile it instead i was like let's proliferate let's go <laughs> jesus doesn't curse though he smites I don't even know, but <laughs> I think this card is cool, though. Um, I think the alternate win condition is very doable on Commander. I don't think it's so on Standard, but that's really cool. I didn't see this card. But I think that will do it for the cards that excited us. Uh, do you want to go into Quick Picks? Yeah, I'm ready to do Quick Picks. Sorry, by the way, if it seems a little rushed today, y'all, I am my allergies have been killing me which is also why i sound kind of like nasally and i don't know crappy but anyways uh i have three quick picks today two of them are the same card (laughs) but uh i have titania protector of argoth in regular and retro and then under it i have the borderless um so for the all these are foil, by the way, uh, and for the regular and retro, you can get them at five dollars for the borderless foil. You can get at ten. Um, just a couple of points about this card. Uh, it had only had a printing in Commander, the Commander. I don't know what it was, like 2015 or something like that. The mono green one. Um, and then I think that one got I think it got a reprint in like the Commander anthology stuff or whatever um but anyway this card is really strong it's really awesome for commander and it's super cheap right now and it's never had a foil printing other than in modern horizons 2 which you can get these cards from so i would just start taking a look at them i'm saying these will double up in a year so 5 to 10 10 to 20 um basically just keep an eye out for it and just kind of putting this back on your radar for people that wanted this card and then the other card was I think it's pronounced Zvelin Zvelin of the sea and sky. So this is the like one blue, blue uh, merfolk guy that does a bunch of stuff. Anyways, calling the regular retro and borderless and foil to go from seven to 14. Also in a year for the same reasons. Um, as far as like playability, it's pretty cheap right now. If you want to get it. So for all those reasons, um, if you just needed any of these cards, I'd pick them up now um, and just sit on them. So you have them. Um, but that is it for my quick picks. And then just as a reminder, again, uh, if you're in the South Austin area, come check out Junior's Comics, where we play every Friday night magic. Of course, Mike hasn't been coming sometimes, but I'm trying to reel him back in. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, he'll be there next week for pre-release, right? For sure yeah and then um force of will gaming bastrop again they need to support you know they're trying to build up their customer base there and also just get a uh you know 
weekly thing going on with their FNM as well. Um, they'll love to see you out there. And then in San Marcos, Alpha Strike Gaming, again, they ship your cards, check out their website, really easy interface. Um, but yeah, that is it for my little spiel. Micah, take us home. That will do it for the 42nd episode of the MTG Untapped podcast. What did you think about what we talked about today? Are you excited for these new Crimson Vows cards? Did you think there are any cards that we missed that you really want us to talk about? Let us know on Twitter at MTG Untapped Pod or on Facebook at MTG Untapped Podcast. If you have any other ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And if you would please stop whatever you're doing, uh, which is actually listening to this podcast. So you can probably keep on doing that while you subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It would be very much appreciated. But I think that'll do it for this edition of the MTG Untapped Podcast. I don't know why I'm struggling to say MTG for some reason. Whatever. Uh, I've been the Micah, signing off for Costa. We will talk to you all next week. Later. Adios, muchachos.